Welcome to Understandable Solutions, the podcast where we discuss business and current events, those important issues that impact our world. Our goal is that you walk away with at least one nugget of useful and thought-provoking information to make your day. Here's your host, Jeff Newkirk. Jeff Newkirk, Understandable Solutions podcast, and we are in episode two now with Jeff Shalansky, and you might recall from the last episode, we talked about Jeff's military experience and coming out of the military and into civilian life and some of the challenges associated with that. Jeff, it's great to have you back. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for Jeff, thank you. It's an absolute honor, sir. So this episode, I want to talk about your passion now, the nonprofit organization called Fob Razor. And in my opinion, we don't have enough Fob Razors out there. So tell us what is Fob Razor and how did you get it started? Okay. Fob Razor. Uh, for those in the military, you know what a Fob is. You've heard it, you know, over the last 10, 15, 20 years. Uh, forward operating base. When we deploy, we, uh, you know, we re- reboot, refit, restock everything in a Fob. We go back to the Fob. That's uh, and I'm glad you described that because, you know, when I talk about Fob Razor out, you know, to my friends and people that I meet, they're like Fob. What I don't. What does that mean? Yeah. So yeah. I get that a lot. Base. I get that a lot, and you know, it, it's a little counterproductive when it comes to the civilians out there. Well, fob. What the heck is that? But when I say Fob Razor to a military man or woman, right away it clicks. They're like forward operating base. I know exactly mm-hmm. what it is, and that's you know the lingo is something that we try to bring into Fob Razor to bring you know get that get that brain clicking back into that military mindset. Great, great. So, so how did you get Fob Razor going? Okay, Fob Razor. Uh, it's it's a little bit of a story, Jeff, but uh, I I would be remiss if I didn't start from the beginning. You know, I I, talk- I, I think you have to, and, and we all want to hear it. Yeah. So I I, um, I like I said, I went to a halfway house after rehab, and uh, when I was there at this halfway house, I think there was a little bit of concern. This place I went to was called TRT Recovery. And it was, absolutely saved my life. Tony Springer uh, runs that show out there, and he's a great man, and I'm, I'm, in, I'm forever in debt to him. Where is it located? It's in Spring, Texas. Okay. Or as you were, Spring Branch, Texas. Okay. Um, and uh, it, uh, it saved my life. But the thing that, that th- the part of it that saved my life, and I think it was kind of, uh, it, it it was it was it was purposeful, but not for the reasons where everybody thought it was going to be. They introduced me to this old man there named Bobby. Uh, Bobby was a Korean War veteran, and Bobby dealt with post traumatic stress his whole life. And Bobby uh, suffered from alcoholism his whole life. And they introduced me to him because they thought this crazy. Back then, I was a lot bigger than I am now. You're um, a pretty big guy. Yeah, well, it was a little different type of big then. I got some good cooking in my belly now. Uh, but they thought, I think the thought process was that this crazy gunny isn't going to go absolutely hulk on this little old 140-pound man. What they didn't realize when they introduced me to this gentleman and said, hey, this is guy wants to meet you and work with you, is that, like I said, I love American history. I love our American veterans. They're the reason why I am the man I am today and what I did for a living. So when I found out that Bobby was an U.S. Army Special Forces operator in the Korean War who fought at the Chosen Reservoir 
and spent a year in a Chinese POW camp behind enemy lines, I instantly was hooked. I'm instantly drawn in. I am focused. Whatever you have to say, good sir, I'm listening because you are more of a man than I could possibly ever even fathom being. And if you went through what I'm going through right now and you're on the other side, I'm, I'm following you, boss. I'm going wherever you want to go. And so Bobby became my mentor. Uh, and I had no idea about being sober. I had no idea about recovery. I didn't know anything about it. So I just gave up and put my hands out and was like, I'll follow you anywhere. And so he walked me through an a way of living. Every single day, we'd sit and drink coffee in his uh, garage, and we would talk. So did you live with Bobby? Or was he? No, oh. no, no, no. Bobby lived. I just made my made. I went over there for part of my uh, recovery. Every day was to go and meet with him and sit okay. with him in his garage, and we would we would drink coffee, and he talked to me about recovery, about the twelve step process that goes into recovery, and and how he's gone through the twelve steps and how it's going to impact you and what you need to do. And okay. Step by step, second by second, I did exactly what he told me to do. Well, and my guess is since he is military, he knew what you needed to hear. That's right. And he knew he was able to, even though, you know, Korean war versus today, today's warrior, there's, there's some different language that's being spoken and some different t- tactics and technique and everything that's still spoken. But there's still the focus, the mission is still the same. So we can understand. So he was able to put in my in terms that I understood how to, how to recover, how yeah. to take the steps necessary to recover. And I never, ever forgot that because, see, that was one thing. I, like I said, I'm a Marine. I'm going to be a Marine until the day I die. It's, it's embedded in my DNA at this point. So when you can go ahead and make recovery and turn it into something that I can understand as a warrior, as an American fighting man, and I can apply the disciplines and the tactics and the technique that I used in the military to my recovery, now you're speaking my language. Now you are all of a sudden speaking a language that I can understand, and more importantly, I can apply to life. And that's what he did for me. He absolutely did that for me, and he changed my life. So I worked with Bobby every day for five months while I was in and TRT recovery, sober so living. Every day for five months, he was there for you. Oh, yeah, every day for five months. And then, you know, I didn't, it just didn't stop there. You know, he made me go to meetings, AA meetings. And so he never asked me to go anywhere that he wasn't there himself. So I'd show up, and he was there. And he'd be like, come on over here, son. Sit right down. This is my good friend, Jeff. This is my hero right here. And we would sit, and he would introduce me to all the old timers, and they made me feel part of that family that we're talking about, that cohesive unit, right? I was the young buck. It felt good to be the young kid again. So we did that every single day for five months. And uh, it got time where I, I, I felt like, you know, I'd been sober for about six months, and I felt like, it was time to leave the nest. And I did. And I talked to him about it first and he, he understood. How did you, how did you come to that mindset where it's like, it's okay to leave because you were, I mean, you were out of your mind for a, for a long time. Right. Right. And, um, you know, to be honest with you, I thought I was ready to leave at the three month mark. And then I found myself 
not so ready. All of a sudden, I found myself getting agitated and angry. And I found myself starting to resort back to that way of thinking. And that's when I talked to him then. And he said, you're not ready, stud. You just, you ain't ready yet, he said. <laughs> so I said, all right, Mr. Bobby, uh, I'm going to stand fast. I'm going to hold out for a while. You know, and we kept working and we kept working. And the neat part about recovery is there's these things called the 12 promises. And as you work recovery and as you work the 12 steps, you start to, you start to feel and see these promises come your way. And they, 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 I don't know anybody who's worked these steps and has not experienced these 12 promises. They come true, man, every single one of them. And uh, I'm starting to see those now. I'm only five months in, so I still got a lot of work to do, but I'm, I'm feeling better. I'm looking better. I, I, I'm talking better. I'm treating people better. And it's not just lip service anymore. It's legitimately, I feel this way, and I understand why I need to feel this way. And, you know, I, at the time, I'm, um, you know, I'm, I'm 40, almost, I'm 43 years old at the time. And so I know I still got a lot of life to live. And so I need to get out there in the world because that, you know, that's where recovery, I don't, I don't want to go, I'm not going through recovery, so giving up being a slave to a beverage to becoming a slave of anything other than to, to anything else. I need to get back into life. You know, I've got live ch- your life. Be yeah. I got who ch- you really are and live your purpose. That's right. And I got children that I need to reconnect with. And I, I want them to be able to come back and spend, you know, days with dad nights with dad, do things with dad. And I'm, I'm ready and for it now. You needed that. And, they certainly needed yeah, that. I need my troops needed me as much as I needed them. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I stepped out and I moved to Kingwood, Texas. And uh, long story short, I found a good group there, uh, Alcoholics Anonymous group. I've made some new friends. I'm still reaching back to Bobby every single chance I can because he's, you know, he's my advisor. And uh, I'm reaching back to him and I'm constantly letting him know how it's going and he's constantly giving me guidance. But I'm moving into the world. You know, I'm moving into a a place where I need to be. Now, it's not great. It's not glorious. My first job I took after I got out of rehab. Now, let's remind you, folks, I'm a gunnery sergeant of Marines. I have led men doing some absolutely amazing things. I don't say that to brag. I say that to say my first job after I got out of rehab was working at a dog kennel, picking up dog poop for $8 an hour. Bobby thought it was important that I had me a little humility check. And so he also said it was really important to find a job that, that really I could put, behind, you know, didn't become a priority and my recovery could still be the same. How did you, how did you do that? I mean, how did you go about accepting those terms? You know, okay, I'm going to pick up dog poop now for $8 an hour and I'm okay with that. But I used to, be a gunnery sergeant in the Marine Corps? See, that's a great question, Jeff. And the reason why I was able to do that, the reason why I was able to come to terms with that is I was taught from day one, the day one in rehab, and I was reminded every single day in rehab and in the halfway house and at Alcoholics Anonymous meetings, I was reminded every single time, do not forget where you came from. Do not forget your bottom. So for me, my bottom was a pistol in my mouth. And ready to end my life. Everything after that is gravy in the Navy, baby. Everything, you know, picking up dog poop at a kennel for $8 an hour feels so much better than nibbling on the barrel of a Beretta. 
So amen to that. Yeah, absolutely. So for me, it was really easy to just say, you know what? I need to do what I'm told because I don't know anything about this life. I don't know anything about recovery. I don't know anything. I don't even really, I thought I knew how to be a dad, but turns out I didn't even know anything about that either. Cause I'm a self. So if I'm going to have to pick up dog poop, I'm going to be the best at it. I'm going to pick up dog poop and that's what I'm going to do. And I chose that job particularly because I had to drive past the Alcoholics Anonymous group that I chose to go to on the way to work. And I had to drive past it on the way home from work. So I had no excuse, no matter how hot, tired, you know, smelly I was. I had no excuse not to stop in and catch a meeting on the I way. I gotta tell you, out. picking up dog poop in Kingwood, Texas, in August has got to be pretty brutal. Oh, it is absolutely <laughs> brutal. There was I used to take a a towel with me, and I would literally just hose myself off and dry off and put on clean clothes before I'd go to a meeting. <laughs> That's a good idea to do that. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I was changing shoes the whole nine yards because yeah, it's absolutely disgusting work. <laughs> But yeah, I did it. And you know what? I was proud of it. Like people would ask me, you know, uh, hey, what do you do for a living? I'd be like, I pick up dog poop down the street. And they'd be like, look at me like I was crazy. But I was (laughs) proud. I was doing something. And I was so proud to be doing it sober. And I knew. That's it. And you know what? Let's not forget. That's the important part. Right. You could have been doing anything. But it was the fact that you were doing it sober. That made the difference. Well, you know, too, like we shared, we discussed in our last episode, my dog saved my life. Cup. Cup holder saved my life. It just felt natural to get out there and work with dogs every single day. It just felt, it felt natural. And you know what? It was kind of therapeutic. You know, you walk in it, you go into these kennels with these dogs and people are like, don't go into that dog. That dog will bite you. Okay. Well, let's give him a chance anyway. And there's something therapeutic about that. You know what I mean? Well, something tells me that you were never afraid of a dog. No, no. There's a dog named, a Belgian Malinois that goes there named Rogue. I still talk to his dad all the time. Rogue? Rogue. And uh, Rogue is so a- So he's meant to be intimidating. He is a fur missile. <laughs> and uh, they, they literally, his owner said, I don't want anybody going in that kennel with that dog. I don't want anybody playing with him. He'll kill you. He'll kill you. And I said, well, I'm not going to let him sit here and suffer by himself. I'm going to play with him. So- just tell me what language you speak to him in. And he's like, well, I speak German. I said, how do you say let go in German? And he said, Laos. And I said, good. And he goes, just in case he bites you. And I said, yeah, I want him to let go. <laughs> and we became, Rogue and I are best friends. <laughs> how many times do you have to say Laos? None, none. There was right. this instant, like he knew I was broken, I think. And he was like, yeah. I feel bad for you, dude. So I'm going to hang out with you. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So. I'm I'm in I'm in Kingwood group. I'm working I'm in Kingwood. I'm I'm working at the dog kennel. I'm picking up dog poop. Eventually they say, you know what, Gunny, you're doing great here at the kennel. We uh the owner wants to step down. How would you like to be the assistant manager? And that's when the big bucks start coming in, right? Now I'm promoted up. I think I'm making like ten dollars an hour or something. And uh <laughs> I was happy to do it. I was proud to say, hey, I'm an assistant manager at a dog kennel because I was, I was progressing on my own. I was starting from the bottom and I was moving up and I'm still going to meetings every single day. But you know what? Something changed about a year into reco- a year sober. I met this lady, um, you know, and I met her and she was like super classy and like really, really pretty. 
and like so is it can i ask how did you meet her then well yeah yeah man i met her in the rooms of no alcohol. offense jeff yeah i know i get it man that's i get this question a lot i met her in the rooms of, of alcoholics anonymous you know and she was so pretty and she was so classy and she was so educated and i was like man i really want to i want to take this lady out on a date you know and so i i asked her out and she said yes but like i said this is a classy very uh very accomplished woman and so after some time of dating and being together she uh you know it wasn't fair for this accomplished woman to be dating a guy that makes 10 bucks an hour at a dog kennel. You know, if there was going to be a future, I had to do something. I had to get out there and I start providing a little better than that. And so I did. And I, I moved out, I, I moved into the professional world and that's where I'm at today. Well, that woman and I, we started, we started dating and we started, we, we started living together and we, can we give her a name? Yeah, of course. She's my queen. <laughs> her name is Carrie Ray. Okay. Absolutely. My absolute queen. And, uh, you know, accomplished and successful entrepreneur. Absolutely. Accomplished. Accomplished is it, she is a, a, a super accomplished entrepreneur. And, uh, you know, I fell in love with her. And uh, so I'm, I'm out there in the professional world because I want to do, do right by this woman that I, I love. And, you know, this woman is my, my become my living amends. You know, I was not a good husband in any way, shape or form in my prior marriage. Now, I can't make up for that to the person that I that I was married to. I can't fix that. Um, I can say, I'm sorry, which I did. Um, but I make that up by the way I treat my queen today. Um, that's my living amends. And, uh, it's unfair really for the person I used to be married to, but that's just, I got, I got to stay sober and that's the way I, I have to you can't go in the past. Right. So I'm, she's my living amends. So Life is getting better, and our, our, our relationship is getting better, and uh, we're not really talking about getting married yet, but we, are, we do see a future with each other, and we're driving down the road. And, and I think it's important to note that Carrie, Carrie Ray, is uh, very knowledgeable about the military because there's military in her family. Yeah, yeah. Her father's a Purple Heart recipient, and, uh, and uh, he fought in Vietnam. He was with Big Red One, an Army veteran. So... We're driving down the road one day and she says, if you could do anything, if there was anything you could possibly do, you know, money's not an issue. We're doing okay. It's not about money. It's not about anything like that. What do you feel like you need to do? What, what's still out there for you to do? And it was just one of those questions, you know, entrepreneurs ask these kind of things. Yeah. Visionary. Yeah. And so I told her that I wanted to help out my fellow veterans who went through what I went through. And she said, that's a really good idea. Well, I'm good at good ideas, man. I have lots of good ideas. <laughs> I have tons of good ideas, man. I, I have an idea that says, you know what? Let's give everybody a free identification card so we don't have any issues with, you know, I don't have an ID to vote. I'm not, that's the, I come up with good ideas, but I don't do anything about it. Serial entrepreneurs aren't like that. They don't let you come up with ideas. And, just and let, let it go. And let them go to bed. She, she. She forced me to do it. Now. And we'll talk about the ID thing in, in another episode. Another episode. <laughs> but, you know, I got to back up, though. And the reason why. So right then we decided we're going to we're going to build something for veterans that could help them recover just like I did. 
right? But see, I wanted to save the, the part, this part for last because it's kind of a, it's important that I give it its own space and time. You know, right when I moved to Kingwood, I was about six, seven months sober. Um, my best friend, uh, it, it was a guy named Joe Razor. And Joe Razor is born and raised in the same hometown of Seminole Largo, Florida as me. Uh, U.S. Marine, and uh, he was like my little brother. We went to Iraq together and Afghanistan together. And How long did you know Joe? Just a few years, but, you know, a few years of... Um, but in the military, a few years is a lot. It's a lifetime, especially when you're going places like Iraq and Afghanistan and training day and night together to get to those places. And uh, Joe was like that kid that, I shouldn't say kid, he's a grown man. But Joe was that guy that everybody knew that, including me, that if I was going somewhere, if things were getting bad and I was moving in a certain direction, I knew, I didn't even have to think about it, I knew he was going to be right next to me. He was going to do that. And it was like, it was the same for the other way around. If he saw mm -hmm. something and needed to move in that direction, I was going. Mm -hmm. We were, you know, yin and yang. Um, people thought we were honestly thought we were brothers. And, you know, because we're born and raised in the home, same hometown. We got the same, you know, same, you know, background, everything. We'd go on leave and we both go back to home to Seminole Largo, Florida and you know, there we'd be together again. So our pictures, you know, our pictures in the Marine Corps together. Pictures on leave were together. We're just always together. My kids love Razor. And uh, I didn't realize when I was hurting as bad as I was and, you know, my addiction was destroying me. And I, I didn't realize that when I was having suicidal issues, so was Joe. And in April of 2017, you know, I'm six months sober. Maybe a little longer, I guess. And uh, I'm living in Kingwood, and I'm picking up dog poop for a living, and I'm doing the best I can to try to just stay sober. And I got a phone call from my ex-wife, and she told me that she had just learned that Joe had taken his own life. Yeah. I didn't know that Joe was hurting. Um, I, looking back on it, I should have known. I mean, we all, every single case of suicide has that, you know, well, there was an indicator now that I look back on it, but, but how would you know? Yeah, you don't. Um, but I lost my best friend. I lost my best friend in the exact same manner that I almost took my own life six months prior. So when Carrie asked me, you know, fast forward six, seven months after that, asked me what I would do what I needed to do to, to, you know, to be complete. And I told her I needed to help other veterans. And I explained to her that I needed to help other veterans because I have been given this gift and I have been given this second chance. And this second chance I got, my brother and my best friend didn't have. He never got a chance to see the other side of recovery. All he got to see was the bottom. He never knew that there was a way to dig yourself out of that quagmire. And I felt like I owed it to him to be able to help other veterans. 
who suffered just like I did and who, who suffered just like he did. And there are so many. Yeah, absolutely. And 22 a day. 22 a day. Um, the, you know, that those statistics dipped a little bit for, for about eight or nine months, and now they're back up and above 22 a day. And those 22 veterans a day that, that we know of that, that are committing suicide every single day, those are veterans that are being treated by the veterans' hospitals. So now you have to ask yourself, how many veterans out there are not? And I know that there's a lot of them. So, so there's a lot more than 22. My guess is, yeah. So I needed to give back, and I wanted to give back, but I'm not an entrepreneur. It's not what I do, man. I come up, I'm the good idea ship. <laughs> well, the good news is you're married to one. Right. So my queen, Carrie Ray, does not let this idea go away. So she just won't let it go away. It seems like every single Sunday, you know, I'm watching football and she'd be like, hey, let's talk about Fob Razor and what we're going to do. Because I had decided I'm going to name it Forward Operating Base Razor after him. And I'm just going to give a, a quick plug on Carrie because she was in a previous episode of Understandable Solutions under Summers. She is a successful entrepreneur. Check it out. Learn about Carrie Ray and under Summers. Absolutely. All right, back at you. Gotcha. <laughs> So every Sunday, you know, I'm a big football fan. I was born and raised out there in the Tampa area. So, you know, uh, football comes on, man, especially if the Buccaneers are on. I got to watch, you know, back then. there, Texas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't be a Buccaneers fan here. Oh, you want to bet? I got the tattoo to prove it. <laughs> I got an Alamo tattoo, also Texas, so it's okay. 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 But, uh, you know, I'm a big football fan, and I love watching football, all football. And I'd be watching games on Saturday and Sunday, and she'd be like, hey, let's, let's sit down and let's, let's talk out Fob Razor. And I'm like, oh, man, she's not going to let this go. So you already had the name. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my son helped me pick it out. I, I, know I, I knew I wanted to name it after Razor, and he said, why don't you call it Camp Razor? Like Camp Pendleton or Camp right, Lejeune. Right. And I said, you know what? That's really cool. And then he said, what's those things you guys work out of when you're overseas? And I said, oh, Fob. And he said... That's it, Dad. That's it. And that's where we came up with Fob Razor. And uh, so we're building this plan and we're putting it together. And she's, you know, people like her with the business, business mind that she has, she knows how to put it down and she knows how to make it what it needs to look like. Mm -hmm. And so with her help, with a lot of her help, <laughs> you know, it became something that a little over a year ago became a reality. You know, um, cool thing is my, my queen owns her own company. So that means she owns her own building. That means I can rent a space in her building. And she was kind enough to do it at a rate that we could afford at Fob Razor so that we can actually have meetings. Fob Razor became this thing where we can actually invite veterans to come to a meeting like I did at Alcoholics Anonymous. And we sit down for one hour and we discuss recovery. We discuss the 12 steps in recovery and we discuss it on how we do it and what we're going through. We give each other experience, strength, and hope that life can get better like it did for me and it does for others so that we don't end up in the same place that my brother Joe did. But, but here's, the, here's the thing that I think is so important about Bob Razor is that it is all military. Right. Unlike AA, you're going to have 
people from all different walks of life. So they can't completely understand everything that you're going through. Right. But in Fob Razor, everybody there, all the men and women have served. So they get it. And you know, that's the thing that, like I discussed in episode one, you know, we're 1% of that nation's population. 1% of the nation's population is very hard to talk about what the, 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 who, what, when, where, and why with people who haven't done it. They're, they're mostly in awe that it, that would, and, and, you know, just miffed that it actually happened. So to get yep. in the weeds of get past the fact that it actually happened and now get in the weeds of what's eating at us and why it's eating at us. It's hard to do in a normal setting, even as wonderful as narcotics anonymous or alcoholics anonymous saved my life. Yeah. It's not to demean the program no, at all. No, those are very important, but it, there's something to be said talking about those issues with people who get it because they've, right. they've been there. They understand. That's right. And you know what? The other part about it, Jeff is when you're talking to veterans face to face, kneecap to kneecap peer support, you can't BS a guy or a gal who's been there, done that, about how it's not bothering you. They know. Yeah, we know, man. We know because you know what? It's bothering us. Right. So when you sit there and try to gloss over a certain a certain a certain issue that you may or may not be having, when you try to gloss that over and act like it's no big deal, we're gonna we're gonna raise the BS flag on you. So you get up in their face and yeah, you talk to them like man, man or man to man, woman to woman, however it is. But you know that it's not true, and you know right. that it's eating at them, and you know you have to do it because this is life or death. This isn't, oh well, you're not going to get that promotion, or you're going to lose the girl, or you know you're not going to drive the nice car. This is literally the difference between existing on this planet or not. It doesn't get any more raw than that. No, it doesn't get any more raw than that. And you know the thing was, Bobby taught me that these 12 steps were invented by alcoholics, by an alcoholic named Bill. And these 12 steps were put in place to, 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 to deal with and overcome the addiction of alcohol. But guess what? Bobby taught me that I can apply these same 12 steps to anger, anxiety, post-traumatic stress, suicidal thought, addiction, uh, military sexual trauma, all of these things that ail us, we can apply this program to. We can apply these same principles and we can actually recover. Because remember I said, when we, when we go to rehab, it's not, we're not going to be cured. Right. That's we're not. The, the, the pre-step. That's just get there. Pre-step one. It's there just to get you healthy enough to get out and start learning how to recover. And the thing about when you're dealing with alcoholism or addiction or, or post-traumatic stress or military sexual trauma or, or anything in, you know, any type of mental trauma like that, there is no real cure. I'm always going to be an alcoholic. I'm always going to have post-traumatic stress. I'm always going to, if I don't work at it, I'm always going to have issues with anger and anxiety. Fob Razor is aftercare. Fob Razor is the medicine that we as veterans take every day or every week or however often we need it to stay healthy mentally. So, so Fob, Fob Razor has now been active for how long? We are one year old. One we are year. 13 months old now. Awesome. Congratulations. And 
how often do you meet? We right now we meet every Saturday in person, in person and virtually. You know, uh, we started during this ridiculous COVID. <laughs> we started during COVID again as another episode, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> but what's important to note, though, is that you did not let COVID stop you. We couldn't because men and women need it. Right? right? They need fob razor and you can't check out on them because there's a pandemic. That's right. So we immediately opened up with this option of going virtual. And it was a blessing because we did not realize that we could end up getting people from all over the country to join us. Unbelievable. So now you have people from Washington, California, where New York, wherever. You name it. I've even got folks from Alaska that are joining us. Um it is turned out to be something, I, a brotherhood. It is literally a brotherhood, a sisterhood, a camaraderie of veterans that come together, meet every Saturday, and we go ahead and we, we discuss our issues both live and virtually, and we work together, and we check on each other, and we call each other, we follow up with each other. So t- tell us uh, some of those checks. You call it the buddy check? Oh, yeah, buddy check, man. Um you know, a lot of other organizations have talked about it too, but it's 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 code at Fob Razor. We check on each other. We have what we call a recall roster. Everybody's name and phone number is on there. So once you once you go, once you participate, you're on the roster. You're on the roster. If unless you got a reason why you don't want to be on the roster, and that's totally up to you. You know, we're not forcing anybody to do anything they don't want to do. But we highly encourage it. And I've never had anybody say, "No, nah, I don't want to be a part of it yet." Does it cost to nothing? To- these guys, we pay nothing. Um, we, we, our veterans paid the price. They earned their seat in that room. Amen. They earned their seat in that room. Mm-hmm. So we call, but we call each other. We check on each other. We follow up with one another. We, we if somebody's having a hard time in a meeting, there's seven, eight, nine, ten 10 people that are going to call that guy throughout the week and check on him or her to make sure that they're doing okay. They're doing for each other what Cup did for me. So it's not just meeting on Saturday. It's the calls during the week, the body checks, so important. And when you participate, when you decide to participate, you can go as long as you want. You can just say, hey, I'm not going to meet anymore on Saturdays. No pressure. I still want to be in the body check system. No pressure in any way, shape, or form. And you know what? That's the beauty of it. You know, you... We, at some point or another, life becomes becomes pretty busy, right? You know, and that's the thing. You know, I've talked but about- But not for survival. Not for survival. But with 12, these 12 promises that I talk, spoke about previously, they come with responsibility. And sometimes, you know, Saturday, you can't be there every single Saturday because you got responsibilities as fathers, as husbands, as wives, as daughters, as sons. You know, you got things to do. But we can check on each other no matter what. And, you know, hopefully the goal is that Fob Razor one day will have the ability to be open six, seven days a week for multiple meetings a day. And by doing that, everybody can get their medicine every single day or every single week or twice a week or whatever their recovery needs. All right. So let's talk about what's the long-term plan for Fob Razor. (laughs) The long-term plan for Fob Razor is just this. We would love, our goal is to have Fob Razor open six to seven days a week offering multiple meetings a day. The reason why that is, is, you know, when I, when I, when I got, got out of rehab, the first thing I was told, and it wasn't told by one person, it was told by so many people along the way. And I hear it every single day to this day. 
When you're a new join, when you're a newcomer to recovery, you need to go to a meeting every single day. Remember, I told you, I didn't know anything about how to live a real life on the outside. Mm -hmm. I had no idea. I needed to go to 90 meetings in 90 days. And the purpose for that was to, A, allow me the time and the, the... you know, give me enough time to where I can get involved and get in the middle of this herd of people that want to protect me and want me to succeed mm-hmm. gives them a chance to get to know me. But it also gives me a chance to start hearing for the first time what it takes to live on the outside. It gives me the opportunity to actually get this stuff, you know, because recovery comes at you like you know, like water out of a fire hose right into your soup cooler. You know what mm-hmm, I mean? Mm-hmm. You can't get it all in one day. You ain't going to get it in all one sitting. Right, right. You just got to keep getting it, man, and keep getting it. And that 90 days and 90 meetings in 90 days is so important. Mm. And so that's why we want that. We want Fabraiser to be there. We want a no kidding one person that is a paid employee of Fabraiser and he's there. He or she is there, right? And so when that veteran comes in off the street and he has nowhere else to turn and he needs somebody, somebody's there. So is it, would it be possible for somebody in another part of the country to start their own fob raiser? Yeah, I think someday at some point that's an, I would love fob raiser to be something that could actually be, you know, like an Alcoholics Anonymous or Narcotics Anonymous. They're all over the world now, right? You just have, you have to, I mean, it would be impossible to, to clone you, you know, because you, you facilitate every single meeting well, for, the, for the most part, right? Well, for the most part, yeah, that's the way it started out as, right? So people will have to learn from you how to facilitate these meetings, which, you know, those are big, big shoes to fill, Jeff. You, you know what? <laughs> it's not. Here's the deal, man. Pain retains, brother. Pain retains and misery builds camaraderie, right? So when we started Fob Razor 13 months ago, I ran every single meeting. Things have changed. Yeah. Now I run every other meeting and other lifers are running it now. Okay. We have it. We implemented something that the military does constantly. Every time a new tactic, technique, or weapon comes out, we roll out this called the three T's. Train the trainer. And that's mm-hmm. what we're doing. Mm-hmm. We are training these men and women just by being there, just by being a part of our group. They are learning how to, and they are seeing examples of how to carry this message of recovery, strength, and hope to other veterans. And by doing so, they become empowered and they have the ability to teach, to learn, <clears throat> and to lead. And they're all leaders. They're veterans. Absolutely. They're veterans. You they're bet. built to lead. They've got that ethos built into them already. Mm-hmm. So they're ready to go. Right. They just, we need to harness it. We need to figure out a way to, to, to point it in the right direction and go with it. And that's what we're doing. Wow. So, so important. I, I want to see Fob Razor just explode <clears throat> in popularity and be everywhere. Oh, yeah. I would love to someday. Someday it'll happen. How can people learn about Fob Razor? Well, the easiest way to do it, hey, you know, you can look us up on the internet, www.fobraiser. And Fobraiser is R A S O R. Yeah, it's it's F O B A R A S O R dot org. Dot org. That's right. Razors with an S, not a Z. I know it's it's a last name. It's, it's a last a, name. Somebody's last name. It's not right. like a, you know, right. razor to your shave. Right, exactly. And, uh, but, 
That's our website. That's where you'll see me. You'll see my queen. You'll see the members of my board, our board. And the missions there. Our, our mission statement um, and everything else that goes with it. You know, we also, the, the other thing is, you know, I have 65 challenge coin carrying members of Fob Razor right now. That's, that's a lot, man. That's a lot of men and veterans that are seeking recovery. Yeah. The only way. Thank they goodness they have. But that's a lot. That's a lot for one year. That's just by word. But what does that tell you? That tells me that, that if we can get the if there's 65 people that from the little spider web of people that I know that knows somebody that knows somebody hears about Fob Razor and joins us from all over the country. I've never met half of these people in person. Mm-hmm. But if they heard about us and they've joined us and they keep coming back. There's more of us that need this, man. We know that the enemy is killing over no 22, question about 22 it. of us a day. On average. So the, the other thing Fob Razor needs is we need people talking about Fob Razor. You, you know, hey, awareness. veteran, mm-hmm. veteran, do you need help? I know a guy who can help you. You know, my cell phone is on the website. It's the only phone I got. But that's how important I am. That phone rings at 2 in the morning. I'm answering it. If I wake up, <laughs> I'm answering it because, man, this is this is the real deal. This is what it's about. This is carrying on my brother's name so that, you know, his loss. Joe Razor is not 100. It's not for nothing. Right. This is my passion. This is me and me and Carrie's passion. Yeah. This is what we do. And you you are passionate about it. I mean, it's not like, oh, let's see if this is going to work. I mean, you are all in. Carrie, I'm sure, is all in, too. There's no question about that. I, I would be shocked if a year from now you don't have nearly a 1,000 people. It's the goal. Yeah, and, you know, I am passionate. You know, your view, your listeners can't, can't <laughs> see it, but I'm flapping my arms. I'm not trying to fly away here. It's because I'm that into this. You know what I mean? Well, it's that important. And, yeah. and So you told me one a story last time we were together, and it, and it really – so I, I took that story, it really uh, hit home with me, not, not hit home, but it resonated. And so I passed it on. And when I was telling the story, I could see people's reactions. And it was a story where you talked about when you get out of the military and we take, in civilian life, we take certain things for granted. Like I'm looking at my laptop right now and you were saying, hey, you know, we didn't, we didn't have to work on a laptop every day like you do. And so I was faced with having to work on a laptop and it scared me. And it was just, to me, it was like, holy crap. I mean, there's stuff that we take for granted every single day that you in the military don't, you, you don't have to be faced with that um, because your, your life is on the line doing other stuff. And then when you're like out and now it's like, okay, going to the real world now or the other, you know, civilian world. And what do you mean you can't do that? You know, just start firing up the laptop and punch away the keys. It's not that simple. And and when you were telling me that, I was just like, holy crap. And and so that that is very I can just see I could see the stress, you know, as you were you were, you were telling telling me the story. And I could picture so many people, you know, having anxiety over some of the littlest things, what we would call little or mundane, and that you know. That leads to the 22 a day. And we need to, people need to be aware of that. They need to understand it. And we need to do something about it, taking action. And that's what you're doing with Five Razor. And yeah. I applaud it. Uh, thank you, man. I appreciate it. And you're absolutely right. It is, 
you know, for me as a guy in the infantry coming out, the biggest, my biggest fear was failure. Failure of doing, of failing at what my, my fellow citizens, the 99% do every single day and don't even think twice about it. You know, there's guys in the military that have some techie tech jobs and do that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? They're, they're, we've got administrators. Yeah, everybody's got different skill sets. Right. Yeah, right, right. But for, for a lot of guys and gals who, who focused on their job, in my case, you know, military, infantry. Mm-hmm. Getting out and doing what the, the mundane stuff that a civilian does every single day and getting into your world and not knowing how to really do any of it and having zero confidence with it is scary. It yeah. was for me. Yeah. I was scared You're totally of out of your comfort zone. Right. Yeah. And the thing is about it, too, is, you know, you there's this pride and ego that we have. All human beings have it. We, we, it's, it's one of our, our downfalls, right, is pride and ego. Well, because when you say, I don't know how to do that, then you're, you see yourself as vulnerable. Well, and not only that, but you're the one. Now put it on the shoulders of the guy who's the 1%. Right. The guy who, who when you see him at Denny's, you see his hat and you're like, thanks for your service. And yada, yada, yada. You're looking up to him. There's commercials about him. You know, there's this, you know, there's holidays revolved around him and everything else. And then he gets out in the world and he, Johnny, Johnny office man is like, this dude can't even send an email. Yeah, it's scary and it's it's a fear, but it's a fear that that was really hard for me to it it, it limited me. I yeah. literally did not yeah. feel capable of doing what a lot of people do every single day in the world. You're not alone. Yeah, I'm, absolutely. I'm sure of it. Absolutely. So very good. Jeff, man, it's so awesome to have you here. Thank you for being on Understandable Solutions. I, I know the listeners got several nuggets of takeaway information that they can apply to their life right away. And I know that we're going to build Fob Razor. I just know it. So let me ask uh, just one more time. How do people get to know about Fob Razor? Fobrazor.org. Uh, you know, I've got some really stupid videos on, on YouTube and on my website of me trying to get people to do buddy checks. Check those out. If you want to see an old gunny act like a total idiot, that's me. I'm good at it. Um, you know, we at, at, at Fob Razor, we it costs us thirty five dollars a veteran when they come in the door. Um, so a lot of people have the ability to to help and refer and do things like that. But right now, Fob Razor is paying its rent and paying for its literature and paying for everything that we pay for uh, based on uh, some donations by a few few sponsors and then. You know, once in a while, we'll get somebody to kick down a little bit on a Facebook thing or something like that. But if if somebody could, if we could get some, any type of financial support we could get for this program to keep it rolling and to keep it growing, there's an ability for this to grow into something so much bigger than it is today. And it's, we have the ability to do it. It's just, you know, just like everything take some else. Moolah. Time and money, man. That's what the world's all about. So yeah. that, that's what so, we need. And on the website, there's a place to donate. Absolutely. It's super simple. I know. Firsthand, uh, it's easy to do, and you even got some pretty cool items that you can buy. Yeah, man, we even sell some swag, man, yeah. some five razor swag, brother. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, Jeff, thank you so much. Uh, again, it's been a privilege to have you here, and I, I'm pretty sure that you're going to be back. I think we got some more things to talk about. Man, I'm down for it. I'll right, run my suit cool. cooler anytime you let me. <laughs> awesome, awesome. And everybody, thanks for checking out Understandable Solutions podcast. If you uh, Got a couple nuggets of useful information out of this. I want to know what they are. Email me at jeff at understandable solutions. And if you liked what you heard, 
leave a review. That's going to help us out for, for future episodes. So thanks, everyone. I hope today was a great day. I hope tomorrow is even better. Peace, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Understandable Solutions. We hope we met our goal and remember that was for you to walk away with at least one nugget of useful and thought-provoking information to make your day. And tell us what that is. We want to know. Be sure to review us favorably on your favorite podcast platform. 